a couple of weeks ago, I shared a message with you about how to make a difference. And I just felt like the Lord directed me kind of that direction again. You know, we, we talked about the Apostle Paul and some of the principles that we saw in his life and how that he made such a big impact. But I'm just going to focus in on one thing from the Lord Jesus tonight. And this one thing can really cause you to be somebody that makes a difference in this world. So uh, if you love the Word of God, well, then you're going to like tonight because I'm going to give you a whole lot of Scripture. Amen. Yeah, here it comes. But here's what I know. The opinions of man, well, you know, they're worth about two cents. But God's Word declares itself to be in Hebrews 4.12 alive and powerful. It's something powerful. It's something that can absolutely change your life. That's the Word of God. Has that power in it. It can tear down old strongholds. You know, I'm talking about old ways of thinking and thought patterns. Anybody ever been wrong? Yeah, and you know what? You see, we might need to have a shift in our thinking, in our attitude, the way we look at things, the way we look at people. And I'm telling you, the Word of God can tear down those strongholds and it can put a seed down in your heart that can grow into something big to really change your life and have an impact on the world. So tonight... We're going to start with 1 John 4, 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. He loves us and He proved His love for us when He sent His Son to die for us. Nobody should ever doubt the love of God because He's proven it. He showed His love for us when He sent Him. And He lived and He died for us. And I want to tell you tonight that we, He said, that, the, that we might live through Him. Can you put that back up there? We might live through Him. I want to tell you something. When you live through Jesus, that is an abundant life. That's not just any old life. He wants us to have a life that's overflowing with life. Not just an ordinary life, a mundane life. No, Jesus takes our ordinary lives and he makes them extraordinary. John 3, 16 and 17, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He didn't send Him to condemn the world, but to rescue us. The Father sent Jesus. And I'm telling you, Jesus' whole life, His purpose, His destiny... You see, he was on a mission because the Father sent him. The Father sent him. You need to know this. He wasn't here by accident. 
No, this was the reason why he came. This was the reason for everything that he did is because he had been sent. You know, in Luke's gospel, when Jesus begins his ministry, he reads from the book of Isaiah, and here's what he read. It's recorded in Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he sat down... And he said to the people, he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. He had just declared to them that he had been sent. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, that the blind would see, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. He was sent. And we need to know that we also have been sent. See, he knew he was sent. And he went out and he did what he was sent to do. He proclaimed that good news. He healed the brokenhearted. He set the captives free. He healed the sick. He brought freedom to the oppressed. Amen. You see, he went out and did exactly what he was sent to do. And I want you to hear this tonight. Now, in the Gospel of John alone... In 35 different verses, 35 different times, Jesus talks about this truth that he sent me, that the Father sent him. 35 times in 21 chapters, Jesus said, he sent me. I want you to know this was a big part of Jesus' mentality and mindset. He understood, he knew that he was sent by the Father. And everything that he did, he was fulfilling that call, that purpose, that mission for which he was sent. You see, when you realize that you have been sent, it brings a great sense of purpose to your life. That your life is more than just living out your days. In John 17, 4, Jesus says, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. I just want to remind you tonight that the Father has a work for you to do. It's Ephesians 2, 10. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. There are things that God wants you to do. And just like Jesus, you see, we need to realize that we've been sent. We're here for a reason, to complete the works that God has given us to do. What a wonderful thing, you know, that Jesus was able to say to the Father, I have finished what you gave me to do. We want to be able to say that, right? Amen. I'm telling you, if you get a hold of this tonight, it will help you to have the right mindset to finish all that he has for you. But I want to tell you something about Jesus' ministry. Yes, Jesus finished the work that he had to accomplish in his physical body here on earth. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. But we all know this 
his ministry here on earth was not done. In fact, it was just beginning to really take off because Jesus as one man could be one place at one time. But the Bible tells us that his body is the fullness of him that fills all in all. Amen. It's Ephesians 1, 22. You see, his church is all around the world. The body of Jesus, and he is still building his church. Now, I want to give you this from John 12, 24. Jesus says, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But it, if it dies, it produces much grain. He's talking about his death. He's talking about that in his death, that one grain is going to produce much fruit. And you see, that's who we are. We are the body of Jesus in the earth today. And I know that a lot of people might like to put the church down and talk bad about the church, especially Christians, it seems like, but, you know, sour Christians. I don't know if they're real Christians, but sour Christians, you know, they like to talk bad about the church. Here's what I know about that. You don't talk bad about another man's bride. Just saying. But Jesus is building his church and we are the body of Christ in the world today. Here for a reason. You see, it's his church and he's the one that is building his church and it is the church in this world that's still doing the works of Jesus. John 14, 12, he who believes in me Anybody believe in Jesus? Amen. He says, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. See, if we believe in Jesus, we need to believe that the body of Christ is still carrying on the works of Jesus. See, we got to remember that we, we have a mission as a church. It's called the Great Commission. He sent us to the world. Jesus knew that he was sent. And I'm telling you, we have to know that we're sent. We need to know it personally, that we have been sent, that I have been sent. We need to have that sense of purpose from com that, that comes from knowing that you've been sent. It changes your mindset, your outlook on life. Now get this, John 20 and 21 he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Could that be any clearer? Now, here's what some unbelieving Christian will say. Well, that was just for Peter and John and those guys. You know what? Jesus said a whole lot to Peter and John and those guys. It's not recorded in the Scripture. John himself declares that these things were written that we might believe. This wasn't written for Peter and John. This was written for you and me. That we would know that just as the Father had sent him, we also have been sent. In fact, in John 17, you see very clearly that Jesus wasn't just praying for the twelve. He was praying for all those that would believe in him through their word. And I'm just telling you, this is for us. We need to get this, you see. It wasn't written for Peter and John. 
was written for Pastor Mark. It was written for Carmen and Jimmy and Chris and Gary and Josh and Laura. And I know y'all's names. See, I'm doing pretty good here. <laughs> and Crystal and Gary. Gary, do you believe the Lord has sent you? Yes. And Carla. I'm just telling you, see, this is for us. The one who sent me, or he sent me, just as he sent me, I'm sending you. That's what he says. And oh, how we need to know. I also send you. See, and if you don't think that's for us, who is he talking to when he says in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations? Is that just for the 12 too? No, that's for all of us. Go therefore. He's sending us. Go therefore. That is being sent. Go. Go. And this is not just something like, you know what? We're going to send some missionaries and, you know, once in a while we're going to do some evangelistic thing. No, it's not just that. No, this is something for every day of our life. And you see, you see that in the book of John when you, when you read just how much Jesus talks about this, that this is over and over and over. I'm here for a reason. He has sent me for a reason. And it gives us meaning and purpose. You know, I know that we all have responsibilities. We got jobs, you go to school, you got family, things that you got to take care of. And listen, the mundane of life, and I get that. I understand that. I'm not trying to paint some picture of pie in the sky. We're all going to just float around and, you know, because we're on a mission for Jesus. We don't... No, I'm saying to you that it is in the midst of our life and taking care of our responsibilities and, you know, you're going to the store and whatever else it is on your agenda that, that we realize, you see, that we just become aware, I'm not here just to do this. And that we're tuned in to the Lord that, that if He wants, see, there's going to be times if we're aware and we realize we're sent, there's going to be times when God will use us to say something, to help somebody, that God will in some way, you know, maybe we're going to pray for a sick person. We're going to lay hands on somebody, but God will use us if we realize I've been sent. Amen. Jesus knew he was sent. And we need to know that we're sent. You know, in this world, people run after all kinds of things. Money, success, pleasure. Pride sometimes just drives people. And you know, in Ecclesiastes, Solomon talks about all of his accomplishments and all of the things that he acquired. And I'll just summarize it for you. He did it all. And he had it all. And yet he says it was empty. And you see in this world, people, they run after all this stuff. And trying to accomplish, trying to have success, trying to do that, trying to get that. It all comes up empty. But it's when we realize that we have a real purpose. 
that we're not just here living out our days, that there's, a, there's something much greater than that. That's when we find that abundant life. It's when we lose our life for His sake that we find life. When we're really living for Him. Jesus knew why He was sent. He was sent because God so loved the world. And we need to know why we are sent. Because God so loved the world. I'm going to tell you, we need to be more like Jesus. Jesus knew that's why he was here. We need to know that's why we're here, because God loves the world. In fact, I read it already, but John 3, 17 says that he, he, did, he was not sent to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I want to tell you, we're not sent to condemn the world. I say these things pretty often, it seems like lately, but there's just a lot of angry, mean Christians, and not in this church, but we want to keep it that way, so I'm going to preach the truth. And, and here, here it is. Listen, that's not who we are or why we're here. We're here to preach the gospel. We're here to share the love of God. We're here to see lives changed, to see people saved. Yeah, we're, we're not here to condemn. We're not here to judge. It's not the church's place to judge the world. You know what Jesus tells the religious people in John 8, 15? He says, you judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And here's what else he said. If you don't judge, you won't be judged. But if you judge, you'll be judged with the same measure. And in Romans chapter 2, he says, you who judge, you do the same things. That's just getting ugly. I'm going to move on. Here's the, the next one, though, John 12 and 47. If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. It's not our place. I mean, you just need to get free from playing judge. It's icky anyway. It's not your place. Your, your place is to save the world. Yeah, I know Jesus is the one that died on the cross, but we're the one that got to share the good news. We're the ones that have to minister to him and, and help him. I'm just saying we need, to we need to know why we're here. I just want to mention briefly the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, Jesus tells that story to illustrate to us so we will understand what it is to love your neighbor as yourself. But there's this man that's beaten and left for dead and the priest and the Levite go by. They pass by on the other side of the road. They don't want to get involved. They don't want anything to do with the man. But then it comes along a Samaritan. And he has compassion on the man. And he takes care of him. He goes out of his way. Spends his own money to help this man and to take care of him. And here's what I want to say. You probably are not going to have very many opportunities in life to help a man that's beaten up and left for dead on the side of the road. But I'll tell you what you have a lot of opportunities for is there are a lot of people that emotionally or otherwise have been beat up inside. I'm telling you, there are a lot of hurting people in this world, and we all have opportunities, you see, if we realize who we are and why we're here. And our Lord 
He is so gracious and full of compassion. That's one of the things about the good Samaritan. He had compassion on the man. Psalm 111 verse 4 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. In Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus, in verse 36, Jesus was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And then he goes on and he talks about how the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And I just, I just want you to hear this. You see, if we just realize we've been sent, we never say, let somebody else do it. It's for all of us. The laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field. But we got to be moved with compassion like Jesus. You know, what if you cross paths with somebody tomorrow and you had this in your mind, in your heart? Maybe I've been sent to this person. Maybe I'm having a conversation with this person for a reason. Maybe this isn't just an accident. Here's a real key. Jesus knew the one who sent him. John 7, 29, Jesus said, I know him for I am from him and he sent me. And this is how we can have the audacity to say to ourselves, he sent me. It's because we know him. You know, our being used by him is in direct proportion to our relationship to our connection with him. John 15, 5, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I want to tell you, the last thing this world needs is people just playing religious and going around saying, God sent me and God told me. But, but when we've been with Jesus and he truly is using us, that's life-changing, that's powerful. The one who knows they've been sent, they don't just say what comes to mind or speak their own words, but they speak the words of God. Here it is in John 3, 34. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. You know, most of our talk is just idle talk. And Jesus says that we will give an account for every idle word. I have to tell you that most people, most Christians only like about 10% of Jesus' teachings. Because when you start saying things like that, people are cringe. We're going to give an account for every idle word? I think I need to talk less. But how powerful it is when we speak his word, when we're saying what he wants us to say. Amen. We just speak the words of God. You know, the one who sent, he doesn't talk about himself all the time. Anybody know that old country song, I want to talk about me? A few of you maybe. Nobody wants to raise their hand. I don't know that song, Pastor. Uh -huh. 
but it's amazing how much we talk about ourselves sometimes. But the, when you know that you're sent, you don't, you don't want to talk about yourself. You want to talk about the one that sent you. John 12, 49 in the King James Version, it says it this way. For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Right. Yeah. You know, and in this world, most people... They say, well, this is my life. I'm going to do what I want. But when we're sent and we know it, we want to do the will of God. John 6, 38. I told you it's going to be a lot of scripture. I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See, I really believe this. You get this in your mind. I've been sent. I'm here for a reason. You know what? When you have that mindset, you don't want to just do what you want. No, when you have that mindset, you want to do the Father's will. You want to fulfill what He has sent you to do. You want to do His bidding. Do the bidding for the King of Kings. John 8, 29. Here's a verse you need to always take with you when you know you're sent. He who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. Do you know the one who sends us? He's with us. It's in the Great Commission. He said that He would never leave us or forsake us. He'll be with us until the end of the age. You know, when man sends somebody to do something... They don't go with them. I mean, if I send somebody, you know, one of our staff, if I send them to go do something, if I have to go do go with them, I might as well just go do it. You know what I'm saying? But you see, with our Lord, it doesn't work that way. He sends us, but he goes with us. And it's there in the Great Commission. He says, go And then he says, I'm with you. And he is, you see, because it's not only a mission, it's a commission. It's a co-mission. We are co-laborers together with God. See, we plant and we water, but he gives the increase. He does the miracle part. But oh, how we need to remember that we are sent. And when we're sent, You know what? There's sometimes when people don't believe. There's sometimes when people don't receive and maybe even just flat out reject. John 13, 20, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. See, when they receive us, you know what? It's not not really that they're receiving us. They're receiving Jesus. And when they reject us, don't get mad. Don't take it personal. Jesus said, just wipe the dust off your feet and keep on going. See, what a lot of people do is they get mad and bitter, and then they can't minister to anybody. No, you just wipe the dust off, and you just go on to the next person because it wasn't you they were rejecting, that they didn't receive. It was Jesus, and so we just keep going. And you see, we don't let any pride get in here because he's the one that gets all the glory for any life that's changed. He's the one that gave the increase, and guess what? When they reject us, they're really rejecting him, so we just need to not worry about that. Believe that to the Lord. The one who sent us, 
He tells us that we are not of this world. John 17, 16 through 19, Jesus says, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Sanctify them by your truth. You know, that word has to do with being set apart, but it also has to do with being cleaned up. And you see, we can't be like this world and make a difference. And if we're going to say he sent me, then we need to be sanctified. We need to be set apart. And I'm not talking about being perfect, but I'm, I'm talking about that we're not living in compromise. We don't talk like the world. We don't act like the world. You, you can't have an impact on people if you're just like them. We got to be different. If you fit in, you're not shining. And we're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be shining in a dark place. And as ambassadors for Jesus, we ought to be representing him. And we need to follow his example. And here's an example. John 12, 45. He who sees me, sees him who sent me. Wow. That's a, that's a high bar. But that's the way it ought to be. We ought to want people to see Jesus when they see us. I don't know about you, but I've been on both ends of that spectrum. I've had a few that said, you've been like Jesus to me. And I've had more than a few that thought I was the devil. But, but I'm working on it. But, you know, Jesus could say that. The one who sees me sees the one who sent me. But that ought to be our goal. That ought to be what we're striving for is that we want people to see Jesus in us, not just us. You know, you say Jesus in us and people seeing Jesus in us and you just want to say, who am I? That's what Moses said when God called him at the burning bush. He said, who am I? I just want to tell you that argument didn't work for Moses. It won't work for you. Exodus 3.11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? In verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Right. See, it's not about, well, who am I? It's about who he is. Right. And we just need to realize and say along with the prophet Isaiah, here am I, send me. And Isaiah chapter 6, and some of you might need to read it tonight, but Isaiah has this great vision of the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And Isaiah is so overwhelmed with the holiness of God that he, he just, he says, woe to me. I am undone. And yet, you see, God used him. God sent him. And you just need to realize that God can change you and he can make you what you need to be.
to be a vessel that he can use. And you need to go out in this world with this in your heart. He sent me. He sent me. He gives us that sense of purpose, a readiness to be used. I've been sent to this person. Here's somebody that's down and out, somebody that's struggling. Here's brother or sister in the Lord that is just in a great battle. The Lord sent me to comfort them. The Lord sent me to speak a word of faith to them, to get them over this hump. You see, we just need to allow the Lord to use us that way. And I know that this is kind of a, a, a paradigm shift in the way we think, to actually think, I've been sent. But I'm telling you, if you get that down in your heart, it will affect your life and the direction, the course, the things you say and things you do each and every day that you'll want to have an impact and make a difference. Well, stand with me. We're going to pray.